Hello and welcome to It's Gym Time, the podcast where I share God-given wisdom from everyday, ordinary things. I am your host, Jennifer Coleman. I hope all is well with everybody. Welcome back to all my return listeners and to those just joining, welcome. And thank you guys for coming along for the ride. Uh, Today, we are going to be embarking on our gem of the day, which is entitled The Pawn Shop. Um, And so for all you guys that have been listening up to this point, you know, I always start with a backstory. So this one is not necessarily a story, but I'm going to open up with uh, just some information for those that aren't familiar with the pawn shop, what goes on there, how things are done as it relates to the revelation that was given to me uh, concerning today's episode. So maybe you've never had any run-ins with the pawn shop. And if so, good for you. But for the rest of us, tune in. Just kidding. But really, if I'm being honest, I don't even really remember the last time I went to a pawn shop. I have never personally pawned anything of my own, uh, but I've been there with others. So to put people on game that don't know about the process, um, it kind of goes like this. So you take something that you possess that you know or feel is of some great value and you break it to the pawnbroker, a.k.a. the man or woman that's working there at the front desk, um, and they determine what it's worth uh, to give you a short term loan for whatever you know they decide. Should you choose not to repay your pawn loan, the pawnbroker keeps your valued item and is able to sell it to recoup the loan amount. So that's one way. That's that's one way kind of how this process goes down. But let's just say that you are in a desperate situation and the thought of having to pay back a loan is just, you know, terrifying for you. And you're like, I just need some fast money. Um, I need to get it and go and part ways with this valued item. Um, you also have another option then. So the, the option two is that uh, you can sell it. So when you sell an item at a pawn shop, that process is pretty simple. You just bring in your item for sale and you and the pawnbroker come to an agreement on the amount that the, pro- the pawnbroker wants to pay you. And that's that. So again, pawn shop, you can either bring it in and you can, you know, get a short term loan, pay it back and hope that, you know, it's there when you get back if they haven't sold it, if it's not been too long. Or you can just forfeit it all together, come in, let them assess and appraise it for what they think it's worth, get your money and go. So now that we've gotten to a point where we have some understanding on the process, let's talk about the gem of the day and how this relates to any revelation that could be helpful to us. So the revelation that came to me concerning uh, kind of like the pawn shop and or I'll say more of a question for him is what valuable parts of us made by God do we present to the world to allow them to appraise us? Um, the other question that the pawn shop process raised was what parts of us have we loaned out for a period of time with hopes that we will get it back before the world takes it from us? And then the third question What are we willing to sell because it's just easier? So again, these questions are in relation to the pawn shop process, um, but it also is a question about ways that we might be pawning our purpose and our original design and promises from God just for the world's approval. So today we're going to talk about ways to get your stuff back and if you've fallen into one of these traps. So um, I'm going to start off with kind of the first question that the pawn shop raised. And so going back to that, first question is what valuable parts of us or you listening made by God do we present to the world to allow them to appraise? 
So I'm going to start off with um, one of my favorite Psalms, or part of one of my favorite Psalms, Psalms 139, verses 13 through 15, which reads, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. So this question goes back to um, kind of where we're starting out with, uh, because here it is showing us that God was responsible for David's creation. And it emphasizes how he put every part of him together in his mother's womb. So David is telling us that he knows that his existence is very valuable. Uh, And we see this in designers of clothes and cars and art. You know, when people hear certain designers' names, for most, it automatically exudes different characteristics of that person, that company, uh, that everybody pretty much knows about. So I'm going to talk about Rolls Royce, for example, right? Uh, Rolls Royce, I did some research. I love cars. Um, I love looking at the history and kind of the makeup and different things. And so in particular for Rolls Royce, I don't know if y'all knew, but to get a Rolls Royce, it is not... Uh, the usual go online, you know, look it up, price it, go down to the dealership, pick it up, have it delivered. Rolls Royce is a very selective, uh, exclusive company, um, almost down to the point where you have to uh, apply or you have to show that you can actually afford it by income. So they just don't let anybody come in and and talk about what they can do. They want to see the proof that you can maintain it. Um, They want to know things all the way down to who is going to be your chauffeur. Because for most people that can afford a Rolls Royce, they aren't driving themselves. (laughs) If we are being honest, Rolls Royce drivers are not the type of people that you see transporting themselves different places. So they want everything down to the chauffeur's information to see what their likeness is. What are they, um, what is their history? Um, what is um, what are they doing like in their own lives you know uh, background the whole different the, the whole nine yards so again they are very exclusive and uh, the things that they demand from the people that buy their cars their income who's driving them in a nutshell like we said when we see the word Rolls Royce uh, we can relate it back to the designer we know that there was time and effort it is intricately designed it's customized for every single customer that uh, purchases it it is not easy to obtain and so again we look at that we look at Rolls Royce we look at um, art another um, thing that I'm very much interested and passionate about and one of my favorite artists Claude Monet um, we look at um, you know you look at the um, uh, the painting of the water lilies. Um, and it is it holds value because of the fact of who the designer was. Obviously, yes, because of the intricacy and the de- attention to detail and things of that nature. But it's gotten down to a point where people who understand the type of work that he did, you mentioned the word Claude Monet, and it's an instant flex because why? I have a painting, you know, if I were to say I have an original painting of Claude Monet, it's about the designer, or, or I'm sorry, Claude Monet's uh, painting, is to say that this came from someone who is a world-renowned designer artist. Um, so what they're showing us here in Psalms 139 is, you know, David is kind of flexing. He is flexing, letting us know that he's made by the ultimate designer. 
And not only that, but he uses words like I was woven together, um, you know, woven together in my mother's womb. When people weave things like David mentions, um, you have to imagine first in your mind, um, what is it that you want to pursue? So people don't just start knitting before they begin. Uh, They'll tell you, oh, this is a hat for my nephew, or I'm thinking of making a blanket for my neighbor, or this will go in a nursery where my friend's colors are purple and pink. And basically what I'm getting at is that they know what colors, what size, what shape of what things they're going to be before they start, because those things will serve a purpose. So in Genesis 1, 27... Uh, another scripture talking about just the intricacy and the importance uh, behind our creation. It says, so God created man in his own image and the image of God, he created them, him, male and female, he created them. Um, And so just another scripture to put out there to show um, the importance uh, in the way that God created us. He made us in his own image. Um, and let's not forget at the end of that chapter, God goes on to tell us that after everything he made, he saw that it was not just good, but very good. However, we live in a world where we allow others to determine our worth based on what they deem as beautiful, follow worthy, etc. So again, like the pawn shop, we let we let other people determine our worth after God has already told us we are very good, that he has made us fearfully and wonderfully made. He's intricately woven us together for a purpose. So God has already told us that we're wonderfully and exclusive works, but we still fall in the trap of using these filters and now uh, artificial intelligence, AI for short, you know, to enhance our photographs and to be quote unquote post worthy. And we follow all the latest crash diets because we want to look like the edited models on the magazines. Um, Even further, it's been said in research, and this is a little bit in how I uh, uh, operate in mental health, looking at some studies that say that our generation uh, in itself has some of the highest rates of depression. And much of this has gone up since the inception of social media platforms. Why is this? Because this is where people display highlight reels of what we and our lives should look like. So it's not a bad thing to want to look or be our best. But how far are you? away from the original design that God created you to be in an attempt to win the world's verification. And so this is the first point. Again, the first point is what valuable parts of you made by God do you present to the world to allow them to appraise us? And I'll kind of go go over these again at the end, but just to kind of get our wheels turning about how we put ourselves out there to be appraised for our worth in the world. That was uh, kind of point one. So we'll we'll pause there and then go into point two, again, related to the pawn shop. The question is, what parts of us have we loaned out with the hopes that we can pay it back before the world takes it from us? Again, point two is what parts of us have we loaned out with hopes that we can pay it back before the world takes it from us. So what does this look like? It looks like doing things the way the world will accept us versus what the word calls us to do. So again, doing things in the way that the world will accept versus what the word, the word of God calls us to do. So this is basically when we give in and essentially pawn our identity and God to become like others. So backing it up with scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse two, and this is from the NIV version says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Then you will be able to test and approve what's God, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So keep that scripture in mind as I go forward here in this second point. We live in cancel culture, period. We live in cancel culture. And this is where uh, cancel culture is defined as um, if you speak the truth or you speak differently about the way the world thinks or works, you run the risk of being what they call canceled, blackballed. You know, you might have heard it in different ways, but in a, in a nutshell, that is, that is kind of what happens. So the hard part about this for Christians is that many of God's mandates for us are directly at war with the beliefs that the word, I'm sorry, the world tries to throw at us. Uh, so what do you do when a conversation, you know, you're having a conversation or a question about something that goes against your beliefs is not what one would call, you know, quote unquote, politically correct. If we're being honest, due to the fear of a lot of this cancel culture and getting canceled, you know, we conform, we retreat, or we try to edit our answers to not offend those who believe otherwise. Uh, But let's think about that. Aren't we pawning our identity in Christ in those moments? We're essentially trying to blend in with a little sprinkle of Jesus, but don't we know that that's not how the the world works? The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 through 16, it says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And I don't know about y'all, but that is scary. That is one of the scariest verses I've ever heard because it puts a mandate saying that you can't be one foot in the world. Oh, yeah, I'm about the Lord today. I serve Christ today, but I'm kind of I got one foot in the world trying to please others, trying to be kind and not to offend and not to stand in the identity of who God's called me to be. God doesn't play double Dutch with us. You're either in or you're out, but you can't be both. And we react in ways like this to conform to the world. Because we're afraid to lose our following. We're afraid to lose friends, our job opportunities, you name it. However, think about it like this. If we think like the pawn shop, we can sell our identity in Christ for acceptance. We can do what the world does, etc., whatever you want to say. And then when we're ready to, let's say, do right or settle down. I know a lot of us think, you know, in our younger years, you know, 20s, 30s, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I I, I love God. I'm going to do right. I'm going to settle down when I get to this age, you know, when I'm in my 30s, when I'm in my 40s, my 50s. Um, we think that we have time to do right and settle down and get out of this gray area where we can come back and get our stuff together. But just like the pawn shop. Uh, You know, we'll sell our stuff to get their money if we take too long to come back for it. Such is the kingdom. We can't be sure that when we come back for our stuff, a.k.a., you know, uh, now I want to live a life surrendered to God that will, you know, I'll have time to do that. We don't know the day or the hour. We don't know the day or the hour of our passing or, uh, or bigger than that or of God's return. Matthew 16, verse 26 says, what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Another heart wrencher, you know, is to know that as we try to pawn our identity or 
shall I say, for point two, loan out our identity with the hopes that we can pay it back before the world takes it from us. Um, We're essentially selling our soul. We're essentially selling our identity for approval with the hopes that when we want to do right and surrender, that we'll have time to return, we'll have time to get it back. But that's not always possible. And I know that point two can sound a little bit morbid, but I would be hypocritical to say that, uh, you know, I'm I'm bringing a charge to everybody uh, today on this point and saying that, you know, we have one foot in and one foot out and we don't want to say things to offend people. But the word of God is not to offend. It cuts sometimes, but the truth is the truth. And so, Point two is to get us thinking about things that we might be loaning out in terms of our identity and Christ to the world to gain acceptance and hoping that we can come back when the time is right and not wanting to stand up and do, you know, what's right in the here and now. So that is point two. Point three, moving on, is what are we willing to sell because it's just easier So if y'all remember in the opening uh, section, I talked about there's two different processes and procedures that go on in the pawn shop. One is you can come in, get your valuable item appraised. They're like, cool, here's the loan. We want our money back. You take too long. We sell your stuff. The second one is for folks who are like, I don't have time for all that. I just need the money. And they just go in and they sell it. They're like, I need the money. Here's the valuable item. I'm parting ways. I'll take the I'll take the cash. So. God has called us to live a life that isn't always easy when we're surrendered to him. Most of us have come to a point in our lives when you might have wondered if our striving is in vain because it is difficult to kind of walk in the straight and narrow, especially when we're called to do things that directly uh, are in conflict with our flesh. Uh, Let's think about this. Why be honest when swindlers and hustlers are out here flourishing? Why forgive When others continue to do you wrong, why try to live holy and avoid sexual temptation and immorality when all these people that are engaged in that are married, they're in relationships and you're single? So many things God calls us to, of course, you know, for our own good, uh, they're hard and they're hard to execute because uh, many of them don't have visible, immediate rewards. But we are called to live set apart for a purpose. In Deuteronomy uh, chapter 14, verse 2, it says, You've been set apart as holy to the Lord your God, and he has chosen you from all the nations of the earth to be his own special treasure. So when you're set apart, you can't do what everybody else does. Because why? You were bought with a great price. And backing that up, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 23, God paid a high price for you. So don't be enslaved by the world. Do not be enslaved by the world. He's telling us here, like, man, if he did walk to the pawn shop, he paid, he would pay any and everything. You were bought with a great price. His death and resurrection came at a great price for you. Do not be enslaved by the world is what he's saying. So like the pawn shop, we're given the option to take our prized possession in and sell it for the cash. Um, and this option is for those who have just forfeited being able to pay back their loan and given up hope because of their desperation for the payoff. But again, how much do we do this when the value of living a Christ-centered life feels like a hefty fee? It feels too heavy. So many people do what? They sell out to the world because it appears that the people that are doing the wrong thing are, you know, doing it the wrong way. They're out here prospering. And I've personally never seen this be the case. 
you know, because these are blessed. There are blessings and promises that await those who diligently seek the Lord and his ways. Nothing of value comes easy. In fact, the Bible tells us that to whom much is given, much is required. And I'm just not talking the talk. You know, I've walked the walk too. I've walked that road of weariness, feeling alone, you know, talked about for being weird, extra, you doing too much because it don't take all that, quote unquote, it don't take all that to follow God. But in the times that I persevered, God showed me things he allowed, um, uh, the things that he allowed uh, me to avoid, things he protected me from, uh, how following him and seeking him against what my flesh wanted at times led me to God's best. So y'all don't pawn your purpose. When I say purpose, I mean living out your God-given assignment of being a servant of Christ. And I know for a lot of us, it is sensationalized that there is just one thing that we're here to do, or there's several things, you know, there's a lot of gifts that God has given us. Don't get me wrong. I understand that there are things that he's given us that can be um, uh, acted upon uh, in different ways. But... um, when we talk about the most important assignment, it's being a servant of Christ. Um, I imagine if there was such a weight upon what God put on the inside of you and the blessings of your obedience, a pawnbroker wouldn't have anything to offer you because it's priceless. It's literally priceless to live a life for Christ. For to live is Christ and to die is gain. And that's that's biblically based. That is a, That is scripture. We don't lose when we stay with God and abide with him. And so, again, as we look at how the pawn shop speaks to the ways that we might be loaning out our identity, doing what we need to do for the world to accept us. And I'll, I'll go over these those three points again for pondering after you guys listen today. And I hope that you would, you know, kind of go back and take these things into consideration concerning your own life, because I, I did. You might say, OK, well, you're the one doing the podcast. You're the one who's hosting it. But understand that I'm not far from doing some of these things in my own life. And anybody who tells you that they aren't, run. So, again, the three points that we talked about today concerning this and to ask yourself, like I said, again, after we finish up here is number one, what valuable parts of us made by God do we present to the world and allow them to appraise? Number two, what parts of us have we loaned out for a period of time with the hopes that we will get it back? AKA, you know, when we're done doing all of our dirt and doing what we want to do, um, what parts of us are we loaning out with the hopes that we'll get it back before the world takes it from us and we lose, you know, out in some of the blessings and promises of the kingdom? And number three, what are we willing to sell because it's just easier? So with those three things taken into uh, consideration, you know, I just want to encourage you all today. If you're thinking about going to the spiritual pawn shop and giving up what God had for you, uh, for the world to appraise you, uh, just to think again, you know, review what parts of you made by God do you present to be appraised, loaned out, um, you know, and what are you willing to sell just because it's easier? And although these are three things that we, you know, amongst other questions that we could ask ourselves, I just encourage you all to take an inventory on the pricelessness of living a life that is Christ-centered, even in the difficult times, because that is where true life begins. So that is the end of this episode. I hope that you all enjoyed this, are encouraged and uh, motivated to uh, just get on the right track and do the hard thing. Um, And I will see you back next week for another episode. Thanks and y'all take care. We out. We out.